0: Welcome to A Life Invested, a podcast dedicated to helping you create the lifestyle of your dreams by investing in people, assets, and yourself. I'm your host, Roger Comstock. All right, my friends, welcome, welcome back to A Life Invested. I'm so grateful to have you here. We have got just a uh, and an amazing guest uh, with us. It was actually introduced to me from a really, really good friend, and I can't wait to get to know this uh, this guy a little bit better. Um You'll have to forgive us on the show. We've been gone for about two weeks. It's just been absolutely bonkers with all kinds of things happening. But man, I am grateful to be back. Uh, our, uh, our guest today is named Ken Rusk. And uh, Ken spent his younger years digging ditches and working in construction. He never went to college, which I think that is just the coolest thing ever. I'm a big advocate of that. And we can talk about that later. But uh, instead, he made goals, planned, and worked hard for 30 years Uh, Now Ken is a very successful entrepreneur with multiple businesses and revenue streams. Super, super excited to learn a little bit more about what you're doing. Ken Rusk specializes in mentoring and has coached hundreds of young people in areas such as short, mid, and long-term goal setting, life visualization, career paths, and sound financial planning. He is passionate about helping people achieve their dreams regardless of their educational background or past. I love it. And he's also the author of the book Blue Collar Cash. If you don't have the book, get yourself a copy. Um, this guy has a lot of great things to share with us today. Ken, welcome to the show, man. Grateful you're here. Thanks, Roger. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, you bet, man. Thank you for being here. It means the the whole world. I'm excited to learn kind of more what you're doing. Uh, before anything else, before we kind of hop into everything, what what is the best place for people to learn more about you and to follow you? Well, you can go to KenRusk.com. You can see a lot about what we're doing there. We're
1: also at Ken Rusk official on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter. We're doing some TikTok stuff.
0: So you can find us kind of all over the place. Hey, I love it, man. Uh, he's omnipresent, as he should be, changing the world, <laughs> doing good things. I think that's great. Well, what do you think? Uh, well, and I guess before we kind of talk about what's affected your success, why don't you let us know more about what it is that you do?
1: Well... I actually run a, a, a couple of different construction companies, and um, I, I, I build things, fix things, repair things. I mean, anything you can imagine. We build houses, office buildings. We, we jack up old buildings and put new basements in them and set them back down. I mean, all kinds of stuff, uh, uh, construction chemicals, uh, fire retardants, just anything that, um, that involves doing something with your hands. It's something that I kind of grew up with and uh, been doing it ever since.
0: So, Wow. Well, I love I love that for a lot of reasons. I think it's interesting. Right now, we had the, you know, the huge um, kind of run to anything online, and so many people, entrepreneurs especially, are looking for ways to make money online. I teach pro, a, a program that helps people make money online. But what I love about what you're doing is helping people see. Um, I mean, the, the, the blue collar world is incredible, and right now it's it's interesting because. Um, there, there's a great demand, right? For blue collar work, a huge demand for it. We look at like HVAC and plumbing and electricians and uh, carpet cleaners, epoxy flooring guys, all of these people are needed so badly because it, it's, there's been a ginormous kind of um, change, right? Economically and where people have headed for, for work. Are you seeing that too on your end?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the pendulum began to swing probably 20 some years ago yeah. when, you know the, the the powers that be decided. Hey, let's take uh, let's here's a good idea. Let's take shop class out of high school altogether, and let's replace those rooms with computers. Well, yeah, we all needed to learn computers. I get that, but I always wondered why it had to be a binary choice, meaning why one or the other. Why couldn't we have had both? And the reason I say that is because, you know, in many cases when you're a carpenter, plumber, electrician, whatever, you probably learned that skill or at least accidentally discovered that skill in high school or when you were younger. So millions of kids used to have the opportunity to say, hey, that's pretty cool. I want to fix cars or I want to build houses or I want to be a welder or I want to do something in home economics or whatever. Those opportunities were kind of taken away from them. And then now, you know, every high school all of a sudden became a college prep school. Well, you know, college is fine, but it's one of only five ways that you can make a great life for yourself. And, um, you know, I just wanted to talk to people to make sure that they understood that there's a proper balance in our economy and a proper balance in, in even your own personal lives that uh, that can be well served by a Blue Collar Career.
0: Absolutely. I uh, I love your perspective. And a lot of uh, successful business comes from individuals who are willing to solve problems, right? And right now, Uh, that because everybody has kind of moved online or into the, uh, you know, digital world, what's super cool is it's left a lot of problems to be solved in the the blue collar world, which is, which is absolutely stellar. So are you teaching people how to build, um, you know, uh, something that is a a business around kind of the blue collar industry? Are you teaching them more about life skills and, and coaching and being a better person?
1: Well, you know, blue collar work has such a stigma to it, which I don't know where it came from. It's just so unearned. Uh, You know, there's 167 million people in the United States working at any one time. And about 77 million of those people do something with their hands. So nearly half of us are out doing something, you know, for you to for you to get out of bed and get ready for work and go downtown or wherever you're going to your office, you literally will have to cross a couple of hundred blue collar jobs in order to get to that place to to that workplace. So, you know, those jobs are still alive and well. And what I do is I say, look at, you know, before you consider what you want to do for a living, I want you to first figure out what your life is, what you want your life to look like. Like what's your, what's your nirvana? You know, we don't, we don't live to work. Okay. We work so that we can live. Well, I want you to really, really, put a picture together of what living looks like to you, and then you can pick one of the umpteen ways to get there.
0: I like that a lot. I'm taking some notes over here. Um, One of the things that I appreciate about your idea and what you've just explained is, and it's been the same with every guest I've ever had that's found any amount of success. And it's just this, uh, the importance of getting real clear about what you want right and so it sounds like what you're, you're helping people do right from the very beginning is understand really what they would like to build in their lives what they would like to have happen right through well through their experience
1: visualization is way more potent and powerful than people give it credit for i mean yes, first is. off you know you've never gotten into your car backed it out of the driveway put it in drive and said where the heck am i going i mean you always have a destination in mind the same goes with planning a vacation we are all experts across the country at planning vacations, right? Down to the last final detail, the sandals, the suntan lotion, whatever it might be. And yet we don't do that for our lives. So my, my whole thing is instead of anticipating going to the mall or going to church or going to work or whatever, instead of anticipating just a vacation, let's anticipate all aspects of our life. Everything that we we come across or everything that we want to build for ourselves, because what the mind sees, it clearly and perfectly attracts itself to. So the more you have something in front of you, the more you have that brochure for your life in front of you, the, the greater chances
0: that you are of, of getting the things that you want. I love that. And what are your suggestions for people that want to create this brochure in life? Because I love the point you make. Yeah, you never get. I never get in my truck back out and be like, ah, well let's just drive. I'll hit the gas. And I'm not really sure where I'm headed. There's always a very clear destination, you know, something that you're trying to accomplish. And so what, what advice do you have for people that are trying to create that clear destination?
1: Well, let's, let's stick with the word you just gave because I really like it. It's called create. So the last time you held a crayon in your hand, I'm guessing you were probably four or five years old, right? Maybe at the latest. Okay.
0: And, and when I still, I still draw stick figures. So I said, I have a lot of crayons.
1: (laughs) Right. So For most people, the the most creative time in their life was early on when they had a blank piece of paper and some crayons, and they just were left to draw. They were going to draw a rocket, or they're going to draw a horse, or they're going to draw whatever, okay? So I look at it this way. I actually teach even adults to this day. I I teach class um, every week here. And what I teach them is get out a big poster board, draw your nirvana, draw, man, you know what, if I could get my life to look like that, that would be so cool. You know, this is the kind of house I want to live in. This is where I want to do that. This is the kind of vehicle I'd like to drive. This is the kind of pet I'd like to have. This is my hobby moment. This is my health moment. This is what my vacation might look like. This is what my give back moment might look like. You know, put all those things on this board in as crystal clear detail as you can. And then your, your mind kind of says, okay, now I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm, I'm going to make that idea concrete. I'm solidifying that. And therefore, it begins the natural process of attracting itself and you to that very conclusion.
0: Yeah, I like this idea a a lot, Ken, for a lot of reasons. One of them is that our our brain, we can only accomplish things that we actually believe we can accomplish. So we can say things, you know, um, uh, we can say whatever we want, right? I want to do X, Y, or Z. But until our brain actually believes that thing, it's going to be really tough to realize. But once we can get the rubber to hit the road, and these images or this visualization, I love what you say this nirvana, this perfect world that we have kind of imagined up or that we've created in our minds. If we can really believe that that, that it can take place, it can and it, and it will. Well, this I, is I what's that. very important.
1: This is what's very important. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that word believe is this. another one that I really need to jump on. Okay, The way the mind believes anything is by seeing a clear path to it. So you 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 can use the word believe, and, and, and that is a word that is used a lot. you know. If you believe it, you can achieve it. I've heard that a million times, and it's true. The only thing that I want to do is I want to take that one step further and saying, okay, let's draw believe. I mean, if I gave you a crayon or anybody and said, draw believe, you really couldn't do it because it's a concept, right? It's a good one. It's a great word, but I want to take it a step further and say, okay, I now think I can do this because I can see all 14 steps that it's going to take for me to get there, including starting with you know, saving for this thing, putting so much money away each week, having it going into an account that I can't get my hands on, having the payroll clerk automatically pull that out every week, you know, having a a beginning date and an end date for this goal, and then having someone that's there to push me and keep me online if I falter in any way, that if, if your mind sees a very clear path to it, that's where belief comes from. And I think that's a very important point.
0: Yes, it is. That's a great point. So let's talk a little bit more about this process that you take people through. One of the things I'm interested in is I'm, I'm a big fan of Covey, right? Stephen R. Covey. This idea of like begin yeah. with the end in mind, and it seems like this is a uh, an important principle. To it, it uh, fits very well, right, with your methodology. It, do you have a particular time frame that you help people kind of work on? So are they are they visualizing one year, five year, ten years, the end of their life? Um, as far as what they're kind of trying to create?
1: The first thing you do is you give them an, you have to get them to acquire the skill, okay? So you pick anything. I want to pay my visa off in six months, okay? Or I want to learn how to speak Spanish in six months or whatever it might be. You just pick a, you pick a, a, what I call the low-hanging fruit. You pick something that's easy that they can kind of get their arms wrapped around. They can see it from beginning to end. And then what you do is you give them two. Maybe the second one is a two-year goal or a three-year goal. Then you start with their retirement, throw that one on. Now you've got a 33-year goal or a 43-year goal on top of a three and a six-month. Then you can put one out a couple of years. For example, so many people, if I said, hey, where where would you go if you could go anywhere in the world on vacation? Someone says Italy. Okay, well, is that something you really want to do? Yeah, I really want to do that. So The only thing you have to decide is not if you're going to go, it's when. And the when is usually an economical thing. So whether you're saving 30 bucks a week or 10 bucks a week or 60 bucks a week, you're going to do it for sure. It's just a matter of time. So that's, that's the thing. I mean, the, when you really got somebody that's on cruise control is when they have multiple goals going at the same time. They're all just different time frames. And, um, that's, that's the true essence of living because you anticipate the completion of all these things at different levels, and then you keep replacing them. And it's just a really cool kind of like, um, kind of like go forward, proactive way to live.
0: Wow. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think this is remarkable. It's, it's, uh, it's important, right. For people that want to be able to get anywhere in life to be able to under, to be able to understand kind of what is behind it and the process and. What that looks like in order to actually take action, and one of the things that you have mentioned that I think is important as well is that it sounds like uh, these these process need they need to these processes need to be habitualized in a way where they're almost automatic, right? Like here are the goals, here's what I need to do, and now if I can just do them almost on autopilot, right? Just kind of get these things uh, that I know I know this is the path, and if I can be diligent and consistent in doing these every day, I'll get to where I'm going. Is that correct?
1: Yeah there's there's two things to that so number 1 the, the 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 fourth step in my five-step goal process is called set it and forget it. And and you're exactly right. Once you get the path clearly defined, you know, whether it's a dollar amount per week, or it's a, a certain amount you want to learn, or you want to lose a certain amount of weight or whatever. Once you set it, you can forget it because you know, there's a beginning and an end date. You know, there's 14 steps in the path and you can see the end from here. So you're working again, what you said, Stephen R. Covey from the beginning with the end in mind. Okay. Um, but you know, the other thing is I, you know, people like to say, well, Ken, you're lucky because you're an entrepreneur. Okay, that's true, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do this again for you, Roger. I'm gonna give you a crayon and tell me to draw on entrepreneur. You can't do it because it, it doesn't exist, right? An entrepreneur is just somebody who has a lot of certain characteristics that are go forward, um, looking forward, goal-oriented type of characteristics. Well, here's the thing. Every one of us has these characteristics. Every one of us has initiative and humility and um, faith and courage and, um, you know, all those things, those characteristics that you need in order to make a great life for yourself. The the only thing that you need is a reason to let them out of the cage, okay? They're all in there. As soon as somebody wants something badly enough, get out of their way because they're going to get it. So an entrepreneur is nothing more than just a collection of character traits that are motivated by a really specific end game. And we all have the ability to do that.
0: I couldn't agree more. I like this a lot. Um, and I think it's, it's usually when people um, are not getting what they want out of life, it's just a couple tweaks, right, that need to be made. It's, it's usually just a couple small processes in their day-to-day life that'll make a monumental difference. I always say that character is found in, in consistency and that consistency compounds, right? And so it's the it's things that people are willing to do every single day that usually people don't want to do that's going to get them the most powerful and meaningful results out of their, their experience in life. So what suggestions do you have for enabling individuals who aren't used to living in a routine, right? Because routines help a lot. I, I think it's super important. Jeb Blunt, he's a He's a great uh, author as well. And one of the, the suggestions he has for kind of uh, creating a routine in life is blocking out an individual's day, right? And, and figuring out, okay, this is when I'm going to do this. Because if someone says, hey, I'm just going to write a book, right? Like I'll, I'll, I'll write a book. And at some point in the day, I'm going to try to get 500 words on a page. It, it, it's challenging because other things get in the way. But if they can say at this time, every single day, I'm going to get this knocked out it's, it's helpful. So what what suggestions do you have in order to kind of routinize somebody's life?
1: Well, I certainly like habits and I certainly like daily routines. There's no question about it. I mean, you know, you can find me making my protein shake for my family every morning at about 7.15. Okay. I, I would be the easiest person in the world to, <laughs> to probably kidnap because I'm in the same place every single day at 7.15. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I believe in the habits of that. I believe that that builds a good quality day, but it also does this. It relieves the stresses and the unknowns of what the rest of the day is going to be. And therefore, it opens up your mind to things like, you know, creativity and spontaneity and, and um, color and, um, and love and, and all those types of things. That, that you really need to be able to create something really great. So yeah, get all those other things out of the way, those daily tasks, those balancers that keep your, you know, your spiritual life, your health life, your, your, um, your economic life, keep all those things flowing, but knock those things out in, in, at the same time every day so that you can allow yourself to say, okay, now I'm going to open my mind. I'm going to get rid of frustration and fear and anger and jealousy And I'm going to say to myself, now I'm going to let all those other ones in joy, happiness, you know, creativity, um, goals for the future and allow that stuff to flourish. And, um, you will find yourself living a much better life that way. I promise you.
0: I love this. Um, a couple of thoughts am taking some notes over here and, uh, I've loved what you had to share. I've, I've got a lot of things that I want to ask you and chat with you about, um, First of all, let's, let's, I guess these two things are related. Let's talk about priorities and let's talk about what you said about seven fifteen AM protein shakes with the fam, because what I love about this is it tells me a lot about you, right? So it, it sounds like you've got your priorities straight, which, um, I think enables listeners to those listening here and to your own listeners and people that are kind of part of your tribe. They can, they can trust you as someone that, that has figured out life in, in a lot of ways, right. Things that are important. Um, so what are, what are your priorities And how do you make time for the things that that matter most? Another thing from Stephen R. Covey is first things put first things first, Uh, and it sounds like you're not just making a protein shake for yourself. You've got a a family you're you're doing things for as well. So, how did you get to be that way?
1: Well, again, for for me, I know that if I really want to attack this world, I have to be in as good of mental and physical and health shape that I can be in. So, I'm going to go. In as much on offense so that I can fight the defense when I need to, right? So for me, it's all about putting as much, you know, um, good equity into my body as I can so that when things like stressors or uh, interruptions show up, I can handle those things. And, and, and I've, I've always been kind of a health hobbyist. I mean, I spend a lot of time trying to make, you know, this 58-year-old person um, really rock and roll and and play golf and boat and race my cars and do all these crazy things that I do. So for me, I have to do a lot to keep all that going. And, and it's a great thing. I do it for myself, my daughter, my son-in-law, my wife, and, and, um, it gives us time to talk in the morning. So there's, there's the family aspect of that. There's the, you know, the ability to launch everyone's great day and know that I've sent those people out into the world with their vitamins and, and their 14 ingredient protein shake that I give them every day. So, it's just kind of a, it's just kind of a great holistic, um, you know. I, we do our Wim Hof breathing in the morning in the backyard and all that, and it's just kind of a great way to start off your your day and your morning and and say, okay, world, bring it on. Let's let's go make something happen.
0: That's super cool. Um, one of the things I want to illustrate here that is highly respectable about you is, and I guess we'll reference another book uh, here. Um, and it's important. So the late Clayton Christensen wrote a book entitled, How Will You Measure Your Life? And I love that because most of the time, like if I, it's actually interesting. I just spoke at a, a big conference and at the conference, um, I asked people, I asked them to close their eyes. And I said, think about what matters most to you. right? And just kind of let them sit there for a little bit, like what matters most. And then I had them open their eyes and I said, how many of you guys thought about money? Not It was so funny. It was the coolest thing ever. Not one person raised their hand, not one in the whole group. But what's so interesting, and it's a bit of a an unfortunate paradox, is that individuals will spend their whole life chasing money when it's not what matters most to them. Right? And so what I think is so cool about what you've just explained is that you, you have your priorities straight, it's family, and it seems like for you in your life, money has been really a byproduct of the value you've been able to create for others. Is that, is that right?
1: Yeah. You know, in my business, I've always said that I can't get what I want, nor can I get what my company wants or needs until everybody within the organization gets what they want first. And I absolutely believe that I've been saying that for 20 years because, you know, I, I, I know that if you, if you build a, a, an organization with a group of individuals that are all self-empowered, they're actually selfish in a way, which is in a, in a positive sense. They're working for themselves first, and they're working for the company second. That's a secret that most um, bosses, managers, whatever you want to call them, aren't willing to do. And, I, and it's so important because as you get a group of people that think they can accomplish things for themselves, that propels you and your company way further than you could ever do it on your own. I mean, for anyone out there who's trying to find someone or a group of workers who, who are loyal and, 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 and are culturally positive and effective in goal setting, you know, throw a vision board up on the wall, get them all over there and have them all write it right on the wall in front of everybody else and and, and get them to understand that they can create the life that they want with and through your company. So that's been a really, really big thing for me. And, and I have to tell you, you're, you're so right about money because, you know, if, if you had a whole bunch of money, you're not just going to put it on the floor and roll around in it. It's not going to do anything, but probably get you dirty. Okay. The, the, the real key is what memories can you create from that money? What things can you do? Can you, can you, rem- can you remember the time that you and six other people went to Ronald McDonald house and for $42 or whatever it was, you made a whole family, a huge spaghetti dinner and you talked and you laughed and you, you felt great about what that was. I mean, can you remember the last time you went camping or the pictures you have of of whatever you might be doing with your with your family or your loved ones or, or or helping someone else? The money isn't the money is does it's just a vehicle to create awesome memories. And I'm a big photograph guy. I have photographs everywhere around my house. And they just kind of remind me about the cool things that I've done and the cool things I've yet to do. And the and, and again, the responsibility to give back to others along the way.
0: Yeah, I love that. Let's talk about this for just a second because this is important information. Um, Some people may listen to this and be like, what are these guys talking about? Right. Like, this is so, uh, but one of the cool things I think life uh, teaches us as we move through it is just how valuable relationships and memories and people are. People over profits is a great way to kind of live life. There's a great, another great book uh, written by an individual who passed away from cancer, uh, which is, it's a, it's a book entitled The Last Lecture, and it's by a guy named Randy Pausch. And he knew he only had like three months left to live. And so he decided, okay, I got to write down the things that have mattered most to me. And it's it's uh, inspiring and it's touching to see what, what did matter most. And to your point, right, he, he had bought this brand new car, brand spanking new, and he was going to pick up his niece and nephew to go to someplace. And he pulled up to his sister's house. I think it was his sister's. And the kids came out. And she was yelling at the kids, you know, hey, don't spill anything in that car. It's brand new. I right? don't do anything. And so they went to get in the car and he he opened up a, a, a bottle of soda and he just dumped it all over the seats. Now, this may be a little extreme, but he dumped it all over the seats. Uh, brand new vehicle. And I think this is really interesting because he looked back at the kids and he said, hey, this is just a thing. Just a thing. It's okay. Right. And she actually one the, the niece ended up throwing up later in the car and it allowed her not to feel so embarrassed. Right. Because well, he, and, the,
1: and, and what's the point? I mean, the point is he was going to take them probably for ice cream or something. And he was going to have a memory with them. That's, you yeah. know, to take a photograph of, of the ice cream coming down the side and over your knuckles and dripping onto your, you know, I mean, that's just, that's a wonderful photograph to have of your nephew or your niece or whoever that might be. And it's something you'll keep forever. So, you know, I have a lot of friends that take pictures and you can see their kids when they're three and when they're 33, and it's just so cool to be able to say, wow, this is, this is what life is, is really all about. Not things, but what you do with them.
0: I I couldn't agree more. I, uh, I love chatting with you, Ken. We, we, uh, we're similar in a lot of ways. And the individual that introduced us actually had mentioned that we were going to have a, a good time uh, investing in this together here, so I'm excited to, yeah, to get to know you better. I think the world of you already. Um, I love what you're about. Uh, a couple, maybe a couple more questions here. A few. Uh, I would like to hear your uh, um, thoughts about uh, the difference between discipline and motivation. And the reason for this is, I think a lot of times people will say things like, "Oh man, I'm just not motivated, right? To do that. Just when I'm motivated, all I'll get going." And I always think that's a bit of a bummer. And the reason for that is in life, we kind of go through ebbs and flows and nature kind of has a way of teaching us. That's just how life goes. The tide comes in and it goes out. We breathe out CO2 trees take it in and breathe out oxygen. There's ebbs and flows, right? Things that, that uh, kind of go up and down. And so our motivation is no different. Sometimes we feel super motivated, super excited. And other times we just, we don't. And I've always been a, been, been of the opinion that we can Replace motivation with discipline. When we're not feeling motivated, we can just, you know, choose to kind of move forward and do hard things. What are your thoughts about those two subjects?
1: Well, first off, I don't think you can have too much of either one because if you have too much discipline, you lose the ability to have risk. Um, I'm a huge risk junkie, so I would I would probably fall on the side of I have too much risk in my life, but it served me well. So I would rather have somebody say, "Hey, Ken." Um, I'm gonna just help you knock down some of those risky things you're going to do or try to do and bring me down from the clouds a little bit when I think I can do this and I can do that and I can do this. So I would rather err, I mean, this is just me personally, I love risk because I tie it to rewards, okay? And um, so for me, motivation is another one of those things where, again, I give you a crayon, I say, draw motivation, it can't be done. So motivation for what? So it's the why, okay? When someone says, yeah, I'm really not motivated. My first question is, well, what's your why? Like, why are you doing it to begin with? What's the end game? What's the goal? What's the win? Okay. So I, I know that discipline is, is something that, um, you know, you can enlist the help of others to keep a discipline. I'll give an example. You know, you really want to build this business. You want to invest this money into it. You want to do these great things. And there's probably an accountant, a lawyer and a banker that are going to say, well, did you think about this? And did you think about that? Did you think about this? And you go, "Okay, yeah, that's good. You know, ask people to help keep you disciplined, but don't live in discipline because that will stifle your ability to take risk, be creative and make some unbelievable things happen for yourself. Um, So I think I think too much of either one is a bad thing. But I would I would, again, err on take the motivation, take the risk and have others help you kind of keep your feet on the ground in that scenario.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. There's there's always balance too. That's another great lesson in life, isn't it? It's awesome. I think as far as uh, getting the things we want out of life, we kind of have to have a ready fire aim mentality, at least in in a uh, in a small sense. It's like I'd like to do this, but here's everything that could go wrong. I don't know if I should. Instead, it's like I'd like to do this. I'm going to take some action. I'm probably going to fail a little bit along the way, but I'm going to use those failures and those um those struggling the the times when I struggle struggle have challenges as, as learning experiences. I love that. And you, you actually mentioned something super important. You talked a lot about your why I'm going to reference another book. That's really good. It's called man's search for meaning by Victor Frankl. Read it. he, it's yeah. so good, right? So good. One of the things he says, he actually is quoting Friedrich uh, Nietzsche. I don't know how to, I don't know how to say his name, but he says, he that has a why to live for can bear almost anyhow. And I, I really, really like that. He that has a why to live for can bear almost anyhow. So um, that, that's another reason to your point, you've made some great points today. Right? But another reason why we have to have our priorities straight, because when we understand what matters most in life, we're willing to do all of the hard things required to create this dream lifestyle, this nirvana, if you, as you've talked about, right? That we want to, to build and have a part of our lives. And if it's just money, here's the interesting thing. If somebody said, I just care about money, the how is going to get really hard and they're not going to be willing to do it if it's just about money, right? If it's, if it's about people, relationships, growth, development. Then when it gets hard, they can say, I'm doing this for those things instead of the money. So I I love what you've had to share.
1: Yeah. You know, there's, there's an important point there about priorities. So there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of great ideas and they have a lot of letters after their name. Okay. And I don't, I mean, I have the letters ditch digger after my (laughs) DD ditch digger. That's, that's me. Okay. Um, but when I look at these things, I, I think in all practical sense, if someone were to come to you and say, you need to set your priorities. Okay. Well, what does that even mean? I mean, so here, here's a piece of paper. Let's, let's try to let, all right, I'll do it. What does that mean? Okay. Well, your, your priorities, you know, what's important to you. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Let, let, I mean, let's get this down to something I can use, man. Okay. Um, oh, so you want me to put down what I want my life to look like going forward in all these different aspects and details. Aha. I can sink my teeth into that. But so many times people will say these platitudes, okay. That are at 10,000 feet. Okay. You need to set your priority. Okay. What does that mean? So I'm just a guy who likes to keep things really simple and just, give you someone something that you can actually hold in your hand and use at the end of the day to make your life better. So that, that, that's kind of where I'm coming from, this whole blue collar cash thing. I, I look at it as, well, what's cool, man? What, what do you think is cool for yourself? And let's draw that out. And then let's pick one of these paths that'll get you there, because every one of these paths will get you there, especially in the blue collar world with the crazy demand that we have going on and the pricing and the, and the wages that are happening. There's a, there's a bunch of ways that you can make the exact life you want. It's not all just one path. And we need to at least think about those things before we decide, you know, to invest 10 or 20 years into something.
0: Yeah, these are I- exceptional points. Um, I always try to teach uh, people in, in my program that this idea of like ROI and what it really represents. Because people get paid off of value created instead of time spent. And so a lot of like people will... If there was a box that was a cardboard box in the middle of a room and on Sharpie on the side, it says ROI. A lot of people spend their whole lives just dumping all kinds of things into the box and they get like (laughs) this much out and they just feel burnout. They're like, man, this is, they're living in Groundhog Day, the rat race. It's just miserable for them. And I just, my heart breaks truly because I want individuals to be able to recognize that we get, I mean, we get one shot at life, right? And it ought to be something that we can I love I love your idea of, of just how important it is to create because we can we can truly create the life that we want. Um, tell us about these vision boards that you're building and what you what you do with your your students.
1: Well, we have, you know, if, if you've ever been in front of like a let's say a a, a, a Mexican bar, okay, um, you 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 see sometimes you see sometimes they have those big margarita specials, so they have a black piece of glass. And they have in neon colors, the margarita special today, and they draw it and, you know, come on and have a margarita and, and um, they're very colorful and they get your attention. So I took that idea and I put them all the way down the hallway of our, of our business. And I, I have these neon colored markers and people will literally walk up and say, I'm going to Italy in three years. I'm going to start in June of 2020. I'm going to be there June of 2023. going to cost me three thousand dollars to get there so that's going to be twenty dollars a week for three years i already talked to my payroll clerk she's knocking that money out and putting it into a place i can't get um so i'm going to start thinking about booking my hotel rooms about six months out and my flights and you have this thing this living breathing thing that's happening on this board and every time somebody walks down that hallway they look and they go well yeah, it looks like Paige's. Uh, she's about halfway to going to Italy. That's really cool. And then they talked to her about it. Hey, look, I see you're almost uh, on, on your way to Italy. Yeah, I only got, you know, a year and a half left. So there, that sharing is a huge chemical endorphin release because not only, you know, and, and I tell them, be careful what you put up there because other people are going to ask you about it. So, you know, be concise and be for real on what you want. And it's this huge, like energy field that, Helps all these people push towards their goals. So, you know, there's an important point I need to make. Most people in the world live an if then life. Okay. If I go to high school and if I get good grades and if I get a scholarship and if I go to college and if I get a degree and if I get a good job that pays well, then I can start living. Right. That is the complete opposite way to think about this. You need to start with your then now. Okay. And then go all find a way all the ifs that are going to take you there. So I I just if I could help anybody, it would be can you please figure out who you want to be first, and then we'll worry about how to get there. (laughs) And um, it seems to work really well for us. I mean, we started with six people, we have two hundred now, so we have quite a few people doing these these vision boards, and um, it's just a real cool way to live, real cool way to work as well.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, I took some notes over here. One of the things I wrote down. We'll talk about this one other thing then we'll be we'll be done, but I just man, I've, I've loved this time with you, Ken. So what I, what I like about this idea that you've just shared with listeners is we can actually reverse engineer life instead of going if then, it's here's what I want. So work backwards, right from that point. Um, and I think that's brilliant. I think that's brilliant. Uh, and the other thing I would say that's important along with that idea is so many, so many times people, Set this mile marker in front of them, and it's what dictates their happiness, right? If I do, if I can get here, then I will be happy. Correct. Right, and that's a bummer, and it's no, it's no fun to live life because what's going to happen? And I've experienced this; I'm sure you have too. Because once you hit that mile marker, you're just going to move it, right? And so now you, now you can't be happy, right? Because if now, if you hit that one, then you're going to be happy. So your life is spent years and years in this pursuit of happiness instead of living in happiness being well, right happy because now.
1: are you not allowed to be happy until you hit that thing that's the crazy part if i do this then i'll be happy well are you not allowed to be happy till then i mean that, that exactly. just doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me so you know it, there, there's a whole lot of people out there that don't know how to live you know beyond friday or beyond the next 30 days and you know i just wish they taught this in high school because you know, kids would be so much less dependent on 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 things that you know, like Social Security and those other types of services. I mean, I can turn you into a millionaire in fifteen minutes as a twenty-one year old, as long for for the time it takes you to fill out four hundred one k paperwork. It's just so easy, and um, and we don't teach that stuff, and so that's why I'm trying to I'm trying to get this word out because these are a lot of the things that you you, you hear grown ups saying. Man, I wish somebody would have told me that, or I wish I had known that, or you know, 20 years ago. So I'm trying to get that out so that I can shorten the learning curve for a lot of these, a lot of these folks.
0: I love that. I mean, we could have an entire podcast, you and I just on the education system. I'll make a quick comment about this. I think it's interesting. Like if we go back, you know, 200 years, we have changed everything when it comes to the way that we travel from horse and buggy to cars, to boats, to trains, to airplanes and jets and rockets. And I mean everything's changed. We go back 200 years communications changed. We had the Pony Express, we have Morris code, we've got the yeah. you know telephone lines, cell phones, satellite phones, all this cool stuff. But if we look at education, it's like the same from 200 years ago. It's people going to a brick and mortar you know college or university having a collegiate experience and I'm thinking, man, something has to change because what happens is people leave the leave university with, like you said, letters behind there, And I'm one of those guys, I got an MBA and I'll tell you, it was worthless, right? Like it was, it's very interesting. I'd never, if anyone tells me like, I'm going to get my MBA and I say, oh, you know, I, I think that's great. I want to make sure that's, I mean, if they want to do that more power to them, but I want them to understand at least contextually, there's a lot of opportunities that are available outside of that option because education is currently being disrupted right? And so what I think is so cool is someone like you has been able to build a lifestyle that people dream about. And so instead of going to a school and learning about things they don't necessarily care about, right, they can come learn from you, they can pay to go through your program, and learn from um, someone that's been there and done that, that can allow them to have this this lifestyle of, of their dreams, which I think, yeah, I've
1: got I got two quick points on that. Number one, I heard this really funny meme the other day where the guy says I went in for an interview and the guy that was interviewing me said okay hey whoa I want you to forget about everything you learned in college you're not going to need that here and the guy said to him well that's good because I didn't go to college and he looked back at him and said oh well, I'm sorry then you're not qualified for the job so I mean <laughs> if you think about the dichotomy in that right so and and again I am not an anti-college guy at all, I'm, I'm, I'm not. So if you're gonna operate on my shoulders so I can get back out on the golf course, I'm gonna want you to know everything there is to know about that knife before you pick it up, okay? If you're gonna teach people, if you're gonna manage money, if you're going to engineer a building or you know build a nuclear power plant, yeah, I want you to know that stuff. But if you're just going to school because someone tells you that you have to, or that you should, or well, everybody else is, so I guess I should do that, no. If you think, if you think you need to be outside working with your hands, creating beautiful stone, you know, outdoor kitchens or whatever, which you can make a king's ransom doing, go do that. Okay. If you think you can swing a hammer, where well, they don't, they don't really swing hammers anymore. It's more air guns. But if you think about running your own business, there's never been a better time or an easier time to open up your own company because with a cell phone and a pickup truck, you can do it all. Okay, not like when I started where you're using pens and graph paper to try to keep your accounting straight. So I just I'm trying to put it out there that because of this gaping hole that we have in the supply side of blue collar workers, there's so much opportunity out there to make awesome livings. You just got to stop listening to the masses and and just carve your own path because it's going to be you're going to be really, really happy that you did that.
0: I couldn't agree more. And yeah, college can be a great uh, resource for people. It can be amazing for people. But that, but they, what what I love so much about life is objectively looking at opportunities. There's other routes as well, right, that work. And I think it's super important to see that. I, I appreciate your insight. Thank you so much. Last thing I want to say is actually we're going to go back maybe 15 minutes in our conversation. You brought up a really, really good point. And maybe we'll discuss uh, one of arguably one of the world's greatest leaders, Winston Churchill, for just a second in relation to what, one of the things that you mentioned. And I want to talk about bandwidth. Um, a lot of times what happens, I think, in an individual's life is they fill their mind with so many things that it, it doesn't leave any room open for creation, right? And so they're kind, they are kind—they end up kind of uh, just being like mice on a wheel, right? Over and over again, doing the same things, kind of chasing and cheese in comparison to actually being able to intentionally take time to meditate, think, ponder about what they can create. And a lot of people would say, well, it's not worth the investment of time. I just got to keep moving. Right? I got to keep going. But one of the beautiful things about children and what, what, in my, in my opinion, like we're all trying to be more like kids. It's cool. They, they create, they sit down, like you said, with a crayon. they, and they, yeah, you know, in their minds, they, they put on paper. It's like, man, you know, this, this look at this, they show people, this is what I've kind of created. But as we get older, we kind of lose that right? Because we get caught in the system. But what I think is such a wonderful thing for um, adults to understand and internalize is how important it is to actually invest. And it is an investment. So I don't want to use, I'm purposefully not using the word spend, but to invest time into creating what they want and getting clear about life. Winston Churchill usually didn't start work until 12 o'clock in the uh, 12 o'clock noon. And he would take bathtubs Right and and people would say, well, that's a waste of time. Right, that's crazy. But uh, I I'm certain that a lot of his ideas came from that intentional time to think. What are your thoughts on that, Ken?
1: You know, it, it's it's such a great point because you know I I don't want to miss the things that that I that you know I remember going to Scotland and we had 16 guys. It's in the book. It's the first time we went there to golf, and um, we were walking past this neighborhood and. You know, the, some of the houses in the neighborhoods are really small, but they all have a rose garden. I mean, it's, it's dark and it's dreary and it's rainy and it's cold, but everybody has a rose garden. And, and these roses, Roger, they were as big as cantaloupes. I mean, I've never seen roses. I have a huge rose garden at my house. It's one of the things I love to do. And they smelled like bottles of perfume. And, and my fellow buddies, my golfers, they're, they're just walking right by this like they didn't even exist. And I'm like, guys stop for a second. Okay. I'm not going to say it the way it sounds, but smell this rose. You got to stop and smell this rose. And and they were like, holy cow. I never knew that was even possible. Right. If, if you're not careful, you're, you're going to, you're going to rack your brain right through the time that the hummingbird flew right past your window and something you don't get to see very often. And, and you're going to miss that. Okay. Um, Taking your dog for a walk in the park is probably one of the most calming exercises you're ever going to do because the dog is just roaming around doing its thing. You're going to run into other people. Um, You might have conversations with other dog owners. There's just so many things that you need to do intentionally because, to your point, you know, you have to plan that dog walk. It's not just going to happen, okay? Your day runs through. Those, those 24 hours go by so fast. You're like, Oh my God, what just happened. Right. You got to say at four o'clock, I'm taking my dog for a walk or five or whatever it is. You have to plan your workouts, not, not hope that they happen. You need to plan the times that you hang out with your family, not just hope that they happen because we do live in these crazy, you know, um, media driven worlds. And, and um, I just want people to say to themselves, you know what, you know, I'm 58. I cannot believe how fast life went by. Life is going by. Okay. I still have a long time, but it's, it goes by so fast that <clears throat> you really have to stop and say, I got to smell these roses. I got to take the opportunity to do that for sure.
0: That That's so important. I, I hope if uh, th- the listeners that are here with us on this show today, I hope they really paid attention to that. And if, if for some reason they didn't, I would encourage the listener to go back and rewind and re-listen to what Ken just shared with us. Because that is really what life is all about, right? The, and to summarize what he just said is stop and smell the roses, right? Like enjoy these moments in life because it's the small moments in your life that make up the entire experience, right? These things that uh, really, really make a, a big impact on our lives and that will matter most when we do get to the end of our lives. We'll look back and we'll appreciate those things more than anything else. I, uh, I appreciate that. One last thought on this and then we'll, we'll head out is... Um, it's, it's cool when people start to understand that they can, and, and Tim Ferriss is a big proponent of this four hour work week, great book. I'd recommend that as well to listeners. Uh, he, he talks a lot about automating life and it's something that I I love. I've done, uh, the same thing where I've got a bunch of VAs that will do uh, VAs or virtual assistants. And it's kind of nice because when you've got a good team, they're able to do some of the heavy lifting that allows you to free up brain space. So I've got VAS that even manage my personal email. They go through and they say this looks important, put it into a per- an important uh, folder. This doesn't look important, we'll you file it away over here. And they do a, a great job, but it leaves time for things like that, stopping and smelling the roses a little bit, and creating. And so I love uh, love your points here, Ken. Thanks for thanks for being on the show. It means the entire world, and I'm I'm grateful to have had you as a guest. More importantly, I'm thankful to have made a good friend uh, today. I hope we get to see more of each other, and if I didn't know you were a golfer, but we definitely need to go play some golf, my friend.
1: Oh, that's perfect. I, I belong to Imranus Country Club in Toledo, Ohio. If you're ever out in Toledo, play, please come by. They just redid the whole course. It's magnificent. So I'd love to take you out there. Um, oh, I'd love I, it, I, I do want to say one thing about giving back if I have a moment here, real quick. Please, so, please. Uh, I built this course to make sure that the book isn't just a trophy on your shelf that you read and then you forget about, right? So what I do with this course is, I kind of show you how to take what's in the book and actually change your life with it. So you don't just, again, read the book and put it away and, and forget and forget what was in it. So the, the thing that I'm doing, though, is that for every book and course that is purchased, I'm also giving away a free book and a course to anyone you want. It could be a son, a daughter, neighbor, friend, a grandson, granddaughter, nephew, niece, could be a, a mentee of yours, someone that you think needs a little direction. So just know that if you get engaged and change your own life with this book and this course um, you're going to be helping somebody out else out at the same time. And uh, you know, I think it's incumbent upon all of us to give back of our time, talent and treasure. And I'm certainly trying to do that with this. So
0: I love that. So go check out KenRusk.com to learn a little bit more about who he is and what, what he does Um, pick up his book. I love what he's doing here. You know, you, you you get in, involved with what Ken's doing and he gives something away uh, from that. I think that's an incredible mission you're on, my friend. Appreciate you uh, more than you know, and I'll look forward to staying in touch with you, brother. You got it. Absolutely. Great to talk to you today. Hey, thank you, man. We'll see you later. Yep, take care.